Hey everyone, it's Hovercraft Joe, and I hope you've been enjoying Last Action Podcast and the other podcasts here at GameZilla Media. We invite you to check us out on patreon.com slash GameZilla Media and support us at either the $1 or $5 tier. If you become a patron at $5 a month, you get tons of additional content, including our monthly special called the post credit scene. Thanks for your support, and hasta la vista, baby. It's 1990. Chuck Norris becomes the first Westerner in history to be awarded the rank of 8th degree black belt grandmaster in Taekwondo. A British sitcom called Heil Honey, I'm Home about Hitler and Ava Braun who live next to a Jewish couple was released. It was canceled after one episode. Mr. Rogers sued the KKK for impersonating his voice in pre-recorded messages and Jack Ryan learned that some things don't react well to bullets. GameZillaMedia.com It's time for the last action podcast! Pop quiz, hot shot! Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need for need for speed. Please, you can kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome, everybody, to the Last Action Podcast. It is I, the one, the only Sphinx. And with me, as always, Hovercraft Joe. What up, Sphinx? How you doing? Ah, uh, great. I am great. That's great. <laughs> um, It's been a while. <laughs> For the first time in, I don't know, has it been like... It's been like nine episodes. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been like yeah seven episodes or so. So yeah, the, the family is back together. Listen, uh, <laughs> Hovercraft Joe, I don't I don't know how to tell you this, but <laughs> your your father and I are separating. Oh no, uh, well, I don't want to be on both your separate podcasts. I can't handle it. But just think, two Christmases. Yeah, but Sphinxes will be about history and be super boring. <laughs> yep, you son of a bitch! I hate you. <laughs> I'm the fun parent. <laughs> Uh, welcome back. Uh, not welcome back. Well, I guess kind of. Yeah, yeah, from were, a week. Yeah, but welcome back, LPJ. Thanks. We're all together. Yeah. And we're not alone. We're not. We brought, uh, finally, I was able to get my sister in here. Hello. Hi, Sarah. Hi, guys. <laughs> Did you want a nickname? I never forgot. I never thought, thought to ask you. Ooh. Who do you want to be? I don't know. You don't have to have one. Well, now you just called her out on the spot. <laughs> well, I know. It's too late. It's Sarah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you think of something in the middle of the show, then I'll, I'll start calling you that. So, we'll yeah. leave it up to you. We all think right. of new names for Sphinx all the time to call them. Yeah. No, you don't. Yeah. Well, in my head, I do. <laughs> That's great. You're a crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, this week we have 1990s Hunt for Red October. Yeah, we do indeed. And so, so I asked Sarah picked the movie. I asked her. I said, "What movie you want to do? You want to be on the show? Let's p- pick a movie." And I'm I'm expecting her to say Princess Bride or like Hook or you know something like something like that. And then she says Hunt for October. I say really? She says Yeah, it's a great movie. I'm like yeah. Oh, I've never heard you talk about it. Why Why did you pick Hunt for October? Well, you know what? Oddly enough, which I think we all maybe had Mr. Parrish as a teacher yes. in yeah. high school, right? Yeah. And he had us watch this movie. Mr. Really? Parrish did. Uh huh. Huh. I believe. Was there Mr. Mr. Lamb? Wasn't. Maybe I don't remember watching it. In I, never remember watching I never watched it. I never watched it in Parrish's class. I remember watching it like every year of high school. I don't know, but um, I it's just it's got a great cast yeah. of people. Yeah. Um, and it's loaded. Uh, I mean the the plot is probably pretty terrible, but um, <laughs> but it's a really good movie. I don't know. I think it goes underrated as an action movie, maybe because it doesn't have like but two people shooting at each other the whole time. <laughs> um, but it's good. Yeah. That that was one thing that I wrote in my notes. I'm like, what do you mean one thing? I'm looking at your notes, and in big, gigantic letters, right at the top of the page, it says, <laughs> "Not an action movie." <laughs> yeah, I we we have this conversation every now and then, which is okay because totally like there's several movies that we've talked about that I think after watching, we're like, I don't know if that really falls in, under that category. Um, you know, thinking about. Like the Searchers as a Western or Top Gun, yeah. the the Fugitive. You know, there's quite a few out there that that we've done throughout our show that are maybe more thriller than well, anything else. I, I, but I, I mean, it's I'm still really happy you brought this movie to us, Sarah. So don't feel like 
I, I hope I, I'm not offending you. I think but. your opinion doesn't actually matter to me at all. So no, I, I think we've just discussed yep, that the, the true fan of the show that the the action movie encompasses a lot of different genres, and there's a, a lot of different ways you could take it. So I mean, this isn't you know maybe not the traditional type of action movie, but I would still say it falls under the umbrella for sure. I yeah. think so. Okay. Uh, when was the first time you saw it, sir? Um, probably would have been. 1997, 98. Okay. Oh, so it was in, a while after. Yeah. Okay. It was it was a while after it came out. Mm. Yeah. And that's when you saw it was in school. I don't think I'd have been allowed to probably watch it. Um, <laughs> when it first came out, I was only 7, so. I don't know. I saw a lot of crazy movies when I was 7. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. We lived in the same house. It's true. Uh for me, it was also probably around that same time, but I was in middle school then. Right. So, I remember when I first watched it, this movie was way over my head as a middle schooler. <laughs> like I, for whatever reason, like I knew about it and heard about it. Maybe it was, I mean, I know it was frequently on TV. So maybe it was that's on like, a lot. I do remember it being on a lot. So maybe that's what caught my attention. And so I do remember just watching it and in middle school being like, this movie is boring. <laughs> like, what's going on here? Um, and I, don't know. I haven't seen it from beginning and end again until we did it for for this podcast, and I have a very different feeling of it after that. So, mm-hmm. but we'll talk about that as we go through. So, um, mine's easy. Uh, first time I saw it was watching it for the podcast. I had never seen it before. Wow. Uh, okay. the, the closest I had came, my brother and I had a Game Boy when we were kids, and we had the <laughs> Hunt for Red October Game Boy game. And it was this was a video game. It was, and it's not like the movie. <laughs> I will tell you that much. So yeah, that's my first viewing was for this. So, so like a platformer? Uh, yeah, yeah was, you're it, a, it you're was, a submarine. You're jumping from platform to platform. No, like you could be like Sean Connery's character no, or Jack Ryan. No, 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 no. You played as the sub, and it was okay. side scrolling, and you were oh in the gosh. water firing missiles and stuff like <laughs> so that. So kind of like one of the airplane, like 1943 games, but with subs. Yeah, but it was side scrolling, not side scrolling, not top down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I could see playing that game and then watching this and being majorly disappointed. <laughs> well, yeah. luckily, luckily there was a you know a decade plus in between the last yeah. time I played the game and watching the movie, so I didn't have that high of expectations. Fair, Fair enough. enough. Oh God, now we're talking alike. Hate you. What about you, yeah. LPJ? Uh, I went through in middle school. I went through this kick where I would just I was reading books like crazy, and and I just picked up a bunch of Tom Clancy books. Brag. Nerd. Says the man who read uh, all the Lord of the Rings books like when he was six. Yeah, that's not a brag. I was just a loser. Nerd. <laughs> Surrounded by nerds here. Sarah, we got nerds all around us. I know. Us. Oh, my gosh. Yeah? Jeez. Johnny History over here. <laughs> <laughs> man, my rant in Air Force One, when uh, when you get to listen to that, that'll be fun. What do you mean when I, I'm not going to? <laughs> that's fine. Fuck you, then. Uh, <laughs> so so I, I, I was reading a bunch of Tom Clancy books. I had read like Patriot Games. and Yeah. I actually did not read, uh, didn't read Hunt for October, um, <laughs> but I rented the movie when it came out on VHS, and I watched it uh, pretty soon, uh, well, maybe not soon after, but a few years afterward. I did catch, um, when, the, when it got released for the first time on VHS, it was red. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yeah, it was, it was cool. a, red, uh, a red VHS case. Yeah, I like that. Yep. Uh, and then with, oh, what was I going to say, with the Tom Clancy thing, um, a lot of people have actually really praised the movie. Because of how close it is to the actual book. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's like, what I was reading. Yeah, like a lot of stuff often that we see with movies is that it, it stems so far away from the movie that it, mm-hmm. it ticks off the book readers. But most people were like, no, this is pretty spot on. There are a couple minor differences. Yeah, and really the only big differences were um, like all the stuff. There was a bunch of stuff with his wife that was totally cut out. Yeah, and, and then, then they had the British involved. They in the did. Book they too. had the British involved, and there was like he makes a pit stop in between – so you know when he goes to the aircraft carrier and then they fly him out mm-hmm. to the sub? Yeah. There's like a pit stop before he gets to the aircraft carrier when he's on a different ship um, in between there, and they just cut that part out totally. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, and, you know, you mentioned my nerdiness of, of history. You know, it's interesting, too, that when, you know, the movie came out on March 2nd, 1990, mm-hmm. so when they're filming the movie... Russia is still communist. I was going to ask you what what was the political climate around yeah. that time. When so it came out? while it was filming, Russia was still communist. By the time it came out, <laughs> the Soviet Union fell. So the the directors were actually concerned. Like this movie is about the enemy, Soviet Russia. It's now collapsed. Like, is it going to have that same punch now that you know we don't have 
communist Russia anymore. And so. what they did to address that is they added in the very beginning of the film that it takes place in, uh, what is it, 1984? 84. Because that's the year the book came out. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. So I thought that was kind of... Kind of neat how, like, literally, it was like literally like a month before the movie came out, yeah. like the Soviet Union fell. So they, they must have been really disappointed. <laughs> Could you imagine? Like, oh, well, they just God. really wanted to see the movie, so they're like, "Well, right. they're never the communists are never going to let us watch this." Well, and yeah. then it would have been interesting, maybe, how the Soviet Union would have reacted to the movie. Yeah, because especially with Jack Ryan, um, you know, the TV show is mm-hmm. out on Amazon Prime, and the second season has been about Venezuela, and Venezuela is pissed about the way their country was portrayed in that season. Um, so it, it could have been interesting, like what that could have evolved into. Mm. So, But we'll never know. <laughs> we will never know. Nope. Um, so kind of going through some of the numbers on this, uh, budget of $30 million, so... Which was a lot, actually. Yeah, 1990. Uh, domestic gross, <laughs> $122 million. Uh, worldwide, two hundred million. So huge hit. Yeah, big, 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 gigantic. Hit. Hit. Yeah, especially I mean back then in '90s. So and I would say like at the time of the movie, like Connery is probably carrying the film. I mean, this was Alec Baldwin's breakthrough, mm-hmm. so there wasn't much of him. And even like Sam Neill wasn't really big at the time. Tim Curry was was small. Like wasn't he it or yeah. Pennywise or whatever? Yeah, he was Pennywise and James Earl Jones. But yeah, I he mean, was minimal in the movie. So yeah, so there weren't many big names. And even like this is the first Tom Clancy movie. Yeah. Um. So, you know, it's it's surprising and kind of impressive that it did that well at the time. Yeah, I really had no idea how successful this movie was, and kind of. Yeah. You know, piggybacking off that, going into the top grossing movies of 1990, which we've covered a couple times. Uh, number one, Home Alone. Number two, Ghosts. Number three, Dances with Wolves. Uh, Humphrey in October came in six. Wow. Mm. I did so, not know it was that high. Yeah, so it's very high for the year. Uh, movies that we've done that beat Hunt for Red October, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the fifth highest grossing movie <laughs> okay. of 1990. Uh, and movies that we've done that... Uh, Hunt for October beat uh, number seven, Total Recall. So right underneath wow. it. Yep. Number nine, Dick Tracy. Ugh. And number <laughs> really? thir- number thirty, Young Guns Two. Yep. There we did a lot of movies in that movie. We've done a lot of nineteen ninety <laughs> movies. Yeah. It's a formative era for uh, some of us, so I think I that's would say why. So. Um, but yeah, and then just kind of rounding some of this out, uh, Rotten Tomatoes on this eighty nine percent. Yeah. And audience score of eighty eight percent. So pretty pretty even on that. Yep. Right in line. Yeah, I would honestly, I would have thought the audience score would have been a little bit lower, um, but I'm happy it's not. Yeah. So, because I do feel like this is another example of a movie that I don't know how well it would be pulled off today, or at least it wouldn't have the success that that it had in 1990. You know, like I just, it's a slow burn of a movie. It doesn't have a whole lot of dialogue, considering. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're all only in the sub. It's, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't think it's too dark. Too, there's not, like, highs or lows. It's just kind of monotone the whole time. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. There's, there's, there's not enough there in 2019 mm-hmm. to pull people, at least to, to make that kind of money. So, yeah. Only one sub gets blown up. So, <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. And, and a lot of the movie, is, it's, it's almost like a mystery. Like, they're trying to figure out what Ramius is doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is what I love about the movie because yeah. it's it's like it's a movie of strategy. Yep. Like you're trying to play one another off and figure out like who's lying, who's fibbing, and 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 what is the true intention uh, of the people in throughout the film. Because yep. even Connery is trying to figure out like what's this Jack Ryan all about once they become confronted at the end. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of really cool pieces to this movie that I like. So. Um, we're going to do cash? Or, uh, well, uh, I, I think maybe uh, director first. Which oh, is yeah. interesting to me that I, I honestly, like, I, there's, I knew so little about this movie because I, I had no idea that this was John McTiernan. Like, I really did not know that. You know, he's he's a action movie stalwart. I mean, oh, yeah. Die Hard, Predator, Last Action Hero. Like, he's a big, huge action movie director guy, and I had no idea he was in this. Yeah, and turned down um, Die Hard 2 to do, to do this movie, which I feel like is really impressive. Yeah, so um, we can go through the cast if we want. Is there anything else we want to say about McTiernan? 
No, I mean, I, I think that's it. Like I said, he's just a big name, especially around the time that this movie came out. So. And, yeah. he, and he wanted to direct Die Hard 2. Yeah. He just, he was locked into this movie. Yeah, he had to pass on it, so... Right. Um, but anyways, okay, so cast, uh, as we mentioned already, Sean Connery playing Marco Ramius. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alec Baldwin, Jack yeah. Ryan, which is crazy. First cinematic appearance of Jack Ryan, but there's been a lot of Jack Ryans now. Yep, and we even mentioned the TV show earlier. Because you got you got Alec Baldwin in this one. Well, hold on. you got to wait. Oh, it it's going to okay. uh-huh. yeah. come up. Okay. Save it for a little later. All right, yeah. so <laughs> then we got uh, Scott Glenn yep. as uh, Bart Mancuso. Which he's underrated. I I really liked him. Oh, he's good in this. Yeah, yeah I, I like Scott film. Glenn. Scott Glenn's a good actor. Yeah. Uh, Sam Neill. Yep. As Captain Borodin. Yeah, that sounds yeah, good. You got, little, you got a little, yeah, Russian, a little, little Russian accent there. there. I don't even know. Where Just that... like the movie, it kind of comes and goes. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know what. Well, I'll get to that. I, guess. I didn't yeah. even know where that came from. And uh, James Earl Jones is Admiral Greer. And I didn't, for some reason, write on my list Tim Curry, but Tim Curry was in it. I don't remember his character. He was the doctor. Yeah, and then yeah. we also got Stellan uh, Skarsgård, who, oh, yeah. who is the other captain that's, that's chasing uh, uh, Ramius. And then I also threw in there Jeffrey Jones. Yep. Because he is, uh, what the hell is his name from Ferris Bueller? He's the principal. Oh, yep. Rooney. He's Rooney. Rooney. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then for Next Generation fame, we got Gates McFadden uh, yep. as Jack Ryan's wife. You, so, you guys <laughs> in your Star Trek <laughs> talk. Sorry, Hold on, it's going to get better. Do you know why she was in this movie? <laughs> yes, I do. It's because it's when she got kicked off of Next yeah, Generation. Yeah, she got fired from Next Generation <laughs> and then was going to be in the next Jack Ryan film. But got hired back on the next generation, so she couldn't do it. Yeah. And you like, I, it's so crazy because I like have no idea what you're talking about when you guys get into <laughs> Star Trek stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm a really nerdy guy. And she's Doctor Crusher on the Enterprise. It's completely she was in over the movie my head for like 15 seconds. She was. It said that a whole bunch of her parts got cut out. Really? Yeah. yeah like I mean, there was a whole subplot with the wife, and they just got rid of it. Okay. It's yeah. weird that for as long as we've known each other, our like. My ridiculous Star Trek love has never bled over to you in any way whatsoever. It's not that surprising. Neither has your ridiculous love of Stargate. So, mm. well, that's true. <laughs> I also find it crazy that with how much you and I love Star Trek, we haven't done one yet for the podcast. That yeah, is really weird, right? Like we're almost at well, episode we, hundred. I mean, we kind of did. Like the that that was a practice episode. Yeah. We, we 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 just we shot wait. in the dark wrath of Khan. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it came out pretty good though. I, did it? I never listened to it because <laughs> after doing it, I'm like, this is shit. This no, podcast won't terrible. last. <laughs> <laughs> the only other person I had because again, I'm nerdy is Fred Thompson. Yeah, is one of the other admirals, and and he becomes uh, a U.S. senator in real life. Yep. So. And he just recently, well, not recently, he's probably been dead for 10 years or so. Super recently. He was also on um, one of the uh, Law and Orders. Yeah, he's done a lot of other things. There's Everybody's another... been on Law and Order. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> well, he was a main character. Um, yeah. Do you, you want to go through the net worth on these? Uh, yes, I do. All right. No, it was too quiet. Do it again. <laughs> nope, I'm going to backseat produce again. There you go. There, now you're doing it right. All right. Okay. So let's start with Scott Glenn. What do you think for Scott Glenn? He's got that sweet, sweet Daredevil money. Oh, yeah, that sticks money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I worked five yeah. million. Five million? Okay. I'll say eight million. Oh, this is the part where we discuss what their net worth is. Ooh. Just a gas shot in the dark. Yeah. How much money do you think Scott Glenn's worth? Is it, is it in uh, solid numbers, or can I go like 5.7? Sure. You can say whatever you want. Yeah. I'll take 5.7, You can say 5.7 and like a, a sack of hamburgers. <laughs> uh, the answer is $3 million Not for Scott close. Glenn. So uh, next we have Tim Curry. What do you think for Tim Curry? He's oh, dead. Oh, he's got Rocky Horror money. Yeah, yeah, he is. Oh, shoot. Yeah, well, just recently. Right? Dang. No. Well, that so might, that recently might decades. also be That's 10 years. Oh, we'll yeah. stretch that then. I usually do a better job. I, for some reason, I thought he was still alive. I, I know. You got to take a funeral oh, no. cost. You got to do all kinds of things. R.I.P. Tim Curry. Apparently, when he died, he was worth $14 million. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, James Earl Jones. He's still alive. Is he? Yes. yes. <laughs> what do you think for James Earl Jones? Uh, I'm going to say $30 million. Okay. I don't think it's that high. Twenty million. Okay. I'm gonna say twenty-seven. He's got that sweet, sweet uh, 
Mind Sandlot yeah, money? Mufasa money. <laughs> He's got that Sandlot money. You guys are all lowball and James Earl Jones, $45 million. He's got, Star Tra- He's got Star Wars, yeah, I mean. but you know what? He's got all those voiceovers. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even think about that. Um... Tim Curry is not dead. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's not? He's ba- no. Well, he's I not thought in he a was. state, I don't think. He's not dead. I thought I checked <laughs> if he was I dead. I know he's not in, in, he's in rough shape. I know that. It says yeah. that in July 2012, he suffered a major stroke. stroke right. And he's in a wheelchair permanently. But he's not dead. No. Well, All right. Never, million. <laughs> never, never married and has no children. No. It's kind of sad. Like, who's taking care of him right now? Well, let's go. Some of that seventeen yeah. million that Jason thinks <laughs> he let's has. Go, let's go to LA and help Tim Curry yeah. out. <laughs> uh, really? <laughs> no. That, okay. <laughs> That's what you want to do? <laughs> I don't know. Next. Well, unless I get some of that money. I mean, when he dies, the government's going to get it. Might as well give some of it to me. That oh, is okay. So weird. <laughs> what, what is happening? Uh, okay. I don't know. Next up, Sam Neill. <laughs> Eight million. Um. Dr. Grant took him a long 25. way. 25. Okay. What? No. Ooh. Jurassic Park. Mm-mm. Eight. Uh, 18 million oh, for yeah. Sam That's close. All right. All right. We got two more. Alec Baldwin. Mm. Mm. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 100 million. 120. I'm going to go 130. A little high. Only 65 million really? for Alec okay. Baldwin. Uh, and now, finally, Sean Connery, who we've covered before, but yeah. we never remember this. Who probably. is not dead? Well, no, <laughs> yeah, is not we remember dead. that he's way richer than we thought. Yeah, yeah. I remember he's like, I'm gonna say, five hundred. It's something crazy. I don't yeah. think it's that high. I think it's like three fifty. Okay. Ooh, um, he, he's. I remember really? him being. I have no idea. I'm just gonna say two hundred nineteen. It's three fifty. Three hundred fifty yeah, million. I knew wow. it was a lot. So, yeah. I mean, he built his own hut for filming The Rock, for God's sake, <laughs> on Alcatraz. <laughs> uh, but that's all I got. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Sean Connery, I kind of have a funny story about him, which I don't know if some of you picked this up. So I'm just going to kind of read it verbatim from how I saw it. All right. So, like, Connery is famous for not having any hair, right? So he's, he's wearing toupees, right? Oh, this is my pop quiz. Oh, was it? I'm sorry. It's all right. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this is the story. After consulting with the wardrobe and makeup departments uh, behind John McTiernan's back, Sir Sean Connery arrived on set for his first day of shoots with his hairpiece incorporating a ponytail. Okay. Several years later, once Connery's potential influence had greatly waned, McTiernan stated in an interview that he was fucking livid with Connery and that the Scottish actor tried to use his considerable heft with the studio going over the director's head to pass the alteration with producers. It seemed as though Connery was going to get his way until midway through the second day's shooting when director of photography Jean de Bont started laughing while reviewing um, some of the film, remarked among the crew that Connery's ponytail looks like a limp, swinging dick. (laughs) This soon became a meme among the crew, and by the end of the second day, Connery was so upset at the mockery, he relented, having makeup remove the alteration and forcing the reshoot of a key scene. McTiernan has joked that the reported cost of the hairpiece, approximately $20,000, was mainly do- uh, was mainly due to the cost of those reshoots and that the hair seen in the final movie was merely a $10 bargain from a thrift shop. Wow. What a story. <laughs> like, as we continue to do movies with Sean Connery, we continue to find out, like, he will just do whatever the fuck he wants because yeah. he's Sean fucking Connery. True, yeah. We've done a lot of movies with him at this point. Uh, we've only done three, right? Just this, The Rock, and Goldfinger. Thunderball. Thunderball. Oh, and Thunderball. Thank you. And we know, like, Connery did not like the spotlight and always ignored it in James Bond and often butted heads with the producers there. We found out in The Rock that, what was it? He went to the studio to support uh, Michael Bay. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, we just talked about how he built his own house on Alcatraz. (laughs) Like, just... A crazy dude. He but he what? couldn't afford a better ponytail <laughs> than a, a limp 
dick. <laughs> right. I really like, want. There's got to be some shots of it somewhere. Right? We're just gonna we're gonna get oh. you one. Uh, I I'd wear it just to see. I want a limp dick. I feel ponytail. like we could have so one of your kids make one that looked like that. <laughs> You're not wrong there. All right, so let's keep on. Yeah, man, that's I just. I, it was too good of a story. I wanted to kind of no, share the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, a good story. Yeah. Very historically um, accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the other thing I have, just going a little bit more into the actors, Alec Baldwin was really trained uh, to dive a submarine, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that a lot. Uh, the film has three Oscar nominations, uh, and it won one of them. Anyone know what it was? Best sound editing? Sound editing. Yep, oh, it was shoot. sound editing. I was wrapped up in my notes. I knew it. Yeah, it, it lost sound mixing and film editing, mm-hmm. um, but that was the deal there. Uh, we can probably do, actually, the, the lightning round, can't we? All right. So let's get So the way the lightning round works is he's going to ask questions, and we just answer as loudly and as fastly as possible. Yep. (laughs) All right. Can you name all the Jack Ryan films? Yes. Do it. You've got Hunt for October, Clear and Present Danger, uh, uh, Patriot Games, um, oh, what's the one with Ben Affleck? I got it. Some of all fears nice. and Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. Yep. Nice. Fun story. The only movie I ever walked out of the theater <laughs> on was Some of All Fears. Wow. Really? Never saw it. Never saw it. Don't. Shadow Recruit's pretty good. How many Los Angeles class submarines were used for filming? Two. Wrong. Three. Wrong. Five. Five. Oh. The USS Chicago, Portsmouth, Louisville, Salt Lake City. And Houston. Is there a USS Detroit? That's what I'm wondering. There is. It's not a. It's not a submarine though. It's a ship. Didn't. It's a battleship. Gotcha. What was? Uh, didn't they name it after uh, somebody else though? Like oh. it, I don't believe it has like the U- actual. The USS Kwame. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Number three. Where was the scene filmed of Jack Ryan trying to get onto the sub from a helicopter? A parking lot. <laughs> it was a parking lot. Really? Yeah. So they just nice. edited it to make it look like an ocean. Number four, which two actors have actual naval experience? Scott, Scott Glenn, Glenn and Sean yep. Connery. Correct. Connery was in the Royal Navy, and Scott Glenn was a Naval Marine Corps. Number five, I widow- widowed her the day I married her. That line came from what book? Uh, Moby Dick. Yep. And then five- Yeah, Moby Dick, super fan. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And the last one, in what other movie was the teddy bear in? Die Hard. Yep. Ah. <sighs> It was Argyle's holding it in the back of the uh, limo. Correct. Oh. There you go. That's right. Darhart super. <laughs> Remember it being that big. Stop yeah. flexing so hard with all your oh, super fans. Uh, Listen, conserve your voice. We know it's going to go know. out. I soon. just bought the entire diehard set for twenty five dollars on Black Friday. Wow. Digitalist. Wow. Real happy about that. Nice. That's great. I haven't watched them yet. Probably got a hard on because of that too. Well, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. That was weird. You know, my sister's right there. There. You made it more weird by bringing that up. Did I? Yeah. I don't think I did. Yeah. It's raised. just kind of weird all the way around. It so. is. Let's move on. Taglines. <laughs> okay. There's only two. <laughs> They're not great. Invisible. Silent. Stolen. Oh, that's really good. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> the worst one. Next one. The hunt is on. Well, that one's pretty obvious. The hunt is on. <laughs> that's all I can think <laughs> Which, by the way, just just like a quick... (laughs) (laughs) Wait, Axel Foley's in this movie? (laughs) A a quick... A quick aside, oh, um, when, I, when I was talking about watching this movie, our uh, mutual friend, uh, Dave, who I work with, kept getting mad at me because I kept calling it The Hunt for the Red October. And he's like, it's just The Hunt for Red October. And then I'd be like, oh, Hunt for the Red October. He's like, no, The Hunt for Red October. So now I say it right every time because he got furious at me. Oh, I thought you were doing it on purpose. No, I was. I thought it was The Hunt for the Red October. Oh, you're that guy. That guy, okay, you got me. <laughs> nice. Uh, I think we're ready to get into this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thirty-five minutes into the show, it's not thirty-five quite. <laughs> it's getting close there. So, uh, yeah, we start off with Jack Ryan. 
Well, actually, we start off with that kind well, of. Uh, can I can I read it real quick? Do it. In November of 1984, <laughs> shortly before Gorbachev came to power, a typhoon-class Soviet sub surfaced just south of the Grand Banks. It sank in deep water, apparently suffering a radiation problem. Unconfirmed reports indicated some of the crew were rescued, but accident. But uh, sorry, but according to repeated statements by both Soviet and American governments, nothing of what you're about to see. Dot dot dot. Ever happened. Dun dun dun. Dun 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 We need to make a new cut of this movie. <laughs> the hunt is on. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's a fully cut. I took yeah. all the time to write that out. I wanted to read it, so go ahead. Perfect. There's gonna be shots of like Paul Reiser getting yelled at <laughs> at the police desk. Sorry. Uh, I just turned the rest of the episode and, uh, <laughs> into what would happen if this movie was actually Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> the Beverly Hills oh, Cop. The right killed you, matchup. arrogant asshole. <laughs> oh, he, shit. he puts a banana in the, <laughs> <laughs> <in> the propeller. <laughs> Dang it, you beat me to the banana and the tailpipe oh, joke. Oh, oh man. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so there's a plot somewhere. <laughs> there, there is. I mean, e- essentially, the the idea here is <laughs> is it starts off with you know Jack Ryan works for the CIA, yeah. right? And he's he, intelligence. He's an he's an he's an analyst, yeah. right? So he has this. I don't know if it's fascination or if it was just like it was his job. He, he writes knows, books. Yeah, he writes books. <laughs> he knows a lot about Marco. Ramius, right? He knows a lot about him. And so, as it turns out, we find out about this submarine, the Red October, right? And, you know, we kind of get this introduction of, you know, Connery, you know, being on the boat, it's setting sail, all that good stuff. There's there's some good Russian music, which I didn't play the music yet, but we'll play a little bit later. Um, No, sorry. (laughs) Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Shut up! Can I yeah. just can I just say that my first yeah. note that I have written for this says Sean Connery does not sound Russian at all. There's no. like five different types of accents that I think take part in this film. So I read, and I guess I don't know. I kind of like it a little bit. They they were worried about trying to make this movie authentic. Mm-hmm. So they're like, all right, we really want these guys to at least have like a Russian accent. And then they're like, we kind of need them to speak at least a little bit of Russian, you know, to give that that feel of of what this movie is about. So it was intentional that they started the movie with the actors speaking in Russian. And then I think it was in the middle of a a quote from a book. It's the word Armageddon, which I guess is Armageddon in Russian and English. And it was once that word is said that it then the dialogue transitions right into English. Okay. So, I don't know. I kind of like that because it kind of bookends as well because at the end of the movie, they switch back to Mm -hmm. Russian. Yeah. So, you're right, though. Like, the accent kind of drops in and out throughout the film. But it is, like, they realize, like, okay, these are really big actors. We can't have them speaking in Russian for the entire damn movie. Yeah. Right? Like, that. while that would make this very realistic, it's not going to, like, it's a Hollywood movie. Like, you just can't. It's not practical. It's not no. practical. I mean, and I get it. I just think it's funny that it's like all these guys who are clearly not Russian are yeah. playing this yeah. Russian yeah. subgroup. I mean, I get it. It's a movie, but it's kind of funny. No, totally. Like, and, and like not a single one of them is Russian. No, you've got Scottish, you've got British, <laughs> you've got American. Yeah. And none. Well, maybe, uh, Maybe one of the crew guys, he only spoke Russian. Maybe he's actually Russian. Maybe the cook might have been, actually. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Maybe, yeah. So, hard to say. So, yeah, I mean, the idea is that we the, the, the Red October sets sail, and we find out that, that the Connery is up to no good, right? So, there's the scene where... You know, I, apparently under the Soviet Union, you have to have a officer on board that represents the Communist Party. So I think he's actually called a party of- officer, yeah, if I remember party, right. Yeah. And so they're supposed to, I kind of like the scene, like Connery's got a key and the mm-hmm. officer has a key and there's this whole contraption to open up what the orders are, right? And so they're going over the orders and, and all that good stuff is happening. And then kind of at the last minute, Connery fucking kills Just him. Snaps yeah, he neck. does. He straight up murders him. Yeah. Then 
<laughs> spills the tea on the floor. Yeah. And then he like calls whatever. He's like, there's been an accident. Come down immediately. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> How was that Connery voice? No, it was good. It was all right. all right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, uh, a little garbled, but yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, it wasn't bad. Uh, Jack Ryan goes to meet with Principal Rooney. Uh, yeah, because Principal Rooney is like a sub expert. Yeah, so he's like, "Hey, this sub looks weird. Could you take a look at it and tell me what you think?" And I and that's when you find out that this the Rod October has these um these special like jet engines basically yeah. or whatever on them that allow it to run completely silent, mm-hmm. so it can't be picked up by like sonar or anything. A, a like caterpillar that. drive. They yes, call thank it. you. Yep. That's yeah. what it's called. Yeah. Yeah, and so because they have pictures of the sub, which they they find out it's like the biggest sub ever. And then, you know, the concern that that Rooney brings up is that, like, this boat could make it to the Atlantic shoreline and set off a whole bunch of nukes and we wouldn't even know until it was too late. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So obviously, oh, boy, this is a huge security concern. Right. Mm -hmm. So at that point, uh, he gets briefed. Uh, into a meeting with James Earl Jones, which is Admiral Greer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of like that scene too because he's like, he's escorting him somewhere. And mm-hmm. then there's like a shot that it's like the White House tunnel. Yeah. And Ryan's like, uh, where are we going? <laughs> and he's like, oh, we're going to, you know, to, to debrief. And he's like, oh, who's doing the debrief? You. He's like, oh, okay. So essentially, he's trying to state to this. You know, board of, of officers. Was it the VP? Yeah, I didn't think it was the VP. Yeah, they got that very head there. I thought it was the, or was no? He was the, was he the head of the CIA? Maybe he might have been the head of the CIA. Really big official. Yeah, no, no matter what. So or maybe he, the defense secretary or somebody. Yeah. So he starts <laughs> going over the concern about the Red October, but then we find out because there's a scene where one of the Russian party leaders is like getting up in the morning, shows up at the office. He's got some mail, and there's a letter that was written by Connery, by by Ramius. And, you know, like, he, like, drops his cup of coffee, and there's a freak out, so we know, like, okay, the letter said something. And so I believe Connery, I believe it goes to the Red October first, that he gets his officers together uh, when the guy was dead, and like all the officers are in on it, that right. they want to defect. Yeah. Everyone but the doctor. Everyone. They that's right. Out. They kick the doctor out. Yeah. Right. Well, what he had to do because of his tenure in the in the navy, he got to pick his crew. Yeah, because he's like right. the top captain mm-hmm. of he the Russian there, navy. Yeah. So he got to pick hand pick his entire crew, and he picked all of these people that were loyal to him that all wanted to defect with him. Yep, and then the doctor is freaking out about the dead uh, officer, right? And so that's where the cook comes in because the cook was like cleaning or something, and Connor is like, Connery needs both keys to the yeah. nukes, and so you know he tells the cook, "All right, like you're a witness, like I'm taking this, and here's the deal." And so the cook must have overheard this this plan because the cook becomes a huge part of this plot as mm-hmm. it goes along yeah later on right and so then we find out at the the meeting at the white house or some hidden spot near the white yeah. house that they intercepted information that that the letter did say that i think the letter said that he was going to go rogue they didn't no, he know that he defect. was going to defect well, no, no i don't think the letter said he was defecting no, because, yet. they didn't know because that. jack hypothesized that yeah. he was defecting right, but right no one really believed him so they're like well you got like three days to prove that that's the case oh right what the what the americans see the letter yeah. did say he was going to defect but they didn't know exactly what the letter said the right. Americans. Correct. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Because meanwhile, the Russians, they send uh, Stellar Skateboard after. <laughs> they send him after Ramius with another sub to sink it because they know that he's going to defect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's the other giveaway that, that the U.S. government is concerned is that the entire Russian fleet leaves Russia like all at the same time. So they're like, all right, this is either like a game that they're playing, like training, exercise training, or like fuck we're about to like invasions coming or something right so that's what we see happening there uh connery uh is playing it off so he doesn't want to tell the crew so he gives the orders that you know they're they're doing strategy that he's supposed to head north i believe and he's going to be up against another submarine and they're they want to test what the red october can do 
Yeah, and, right. and the way they're going to test it is running completely silent, yep. radio silence, and see if they can park off of the off the Atlantic coast. Right. Yep. And so he gives this pretty good rousing speech, you know, to get the crew members all excited. He's like, you know, we're going to be able to 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 sail right in between the Americans and we're going to make it to Havana. And <laughs> you know, he's just trying to show off like the the mightiest force that that this the submarine can do, right? And so at that point though, we then get into the USS Dallas, which is an American submarine. That's the one that Scott Glenn's the captain of. Correct, right? And there's a dude there for sonar, uh, which his name's escaping me. Is it Jones? Does that I think sound it's Jones, right? Yeah. Where yeah. do I recognize that guy from LPJ? Like the guy that played the sonar guy? He was in. He, he seemed very. I can fam- tell you. Give he me one seemed second. very familiar to me. Like was as soon he as I Die saw Hard? him. No, I don't think it was in Die Hard. He was in. Um, uh, it's Courtney B. Vance. He's, is he the guy yeah. in T two? Is he? Uh... No, no, he's um, <laughs> Seaman Jones is his name. I had it wrong. He's from Detroit, but I'm trying oh. to think what you would know him in. Uh, he, I mean, he's a famous actor. Yeah, he's he just been looked, in a million things. Yeah, he just looked familiar. That's all. Um, You're usually our character actor go to guy. Yeah, I'm trying to think. He's in. Um, it's all right. Don't worry. Yeah, about just. It. Yeah. yeah no worries. He's yeah. in a bunch of stuff. He yeah. familiar, and and, and we just get a good background story of him Terminator that he's like him. one of the best sonar guys probably in the world, right? Like he loves music. He just figures out sounds. And so the thing that we find out about the Red October is that based on the way the engine operates, if a sub is trying to pick it off with the sonar, those subs are going to think it's just like... Um, Whale sounds. Uh, yeah, or a mm-hmm. geographical thing. Like an or, yeah, or a geographical... Uh, yeah, and that's kind of seismic. the tip. Seismic activity. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the tip that Jones gets. So he hears something, and the computer picked it up as magma exploding or something like that. And then he sped it up like 10 times, and it sounds mechanical. Mm-hmm. So he's like, look, like I have this hunch. like I think it's a sub, and we should go after it. And the rest of the crew is kind of like, eh, I don't know about that. But the captain is like, you know what? I Let's go for it. Let's see yeah. what it is. And obviously he becomes right. So we have this USS Dallas that is essentially chasing the Red October um, to find out like what its true intentions are. So it is at this point that we have Jack Ryan is trying to... He, he's kind of hopping all over the place in the Atlantic. Well, so yeah, he goes out to the USS Enterprise, speaking of Star Trek. Yep. Uh, he goes out there and talks with Joe Don Baker um, and kind of tells him the same thing that he was telling them. He believes that he's defecting, that they shouldn't be trying to sink him. Uh, and uh, I can't remember exactly how, but they come to the conclusion that they're going to get him out on the Dallas so they can try mm-hmm. and like communicate with the Red October. Well, he wanted to, but they wouldn't allow him because they said it would be too risky to get um, any anything out there. Cause yeah, because the, the weather's bad. Right. And then um, as they're having that conversation is when the um, fighter tried to land yep. and just completely blew up. And then it just like cuts to him um, hopping in a helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I like that scene in the helicopter. Yeah. That the one guy that's giving him the directions, he's also in a bunch of stuff too. I remember him from Groundhog Day, but I can't think of that actor's name. <laughs> I can't remember. But he's he's going over about like puking. He's like, this should have this was way worse when we were somewhere in San Diego or something. He's like, I had the chunkiest barfs ever, and mm-hmm. it was couldn't it was, clean it off the windshield. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> it was a fun scene there. Um, and then, I mean, it's I guess I don't know. I feel like. Like, I know that the sub is chasing the Red October, but it just seems so much more dangerous to try to drop Ryan off while both things are moving. <laughs> right? Like, Well, you saw that clip of the uh, poor old lady uh, who was being airlifted by a helicopter and one of those safety straps broke. Yeah. And oh, she yeah, just she spun. Like, I mean, she yeah. was spinning like a propeller on the actual aircraft. Um, yeah. But like the same kind of thing there, where he he ends up hitting somebody on yep. the top of the sub and almost takes him out. Yeah, and so you know time is up because the the helicopter's running out of fuel, and they're telling him you got to come back up. This isn't going to happen. And he cuts the rope. He, he jumps. You know he falls right into the water. You know man overboard. They grab him. The captain's pissed. You know because now they do have to stop, and they're like this guy's crazy. Because he got a message that he was coming, and they were like, this is weird or whatever. And so, you know, Jack Ryan's on board, and 
you know, it's still at this time that we don't know what the intentions are. Well, of the Red October, and also something that's the going full on. Intention. Something also that's going on at this point is that there's like a damage to the Red October's like engines, so they had to stop running on silent for yeah. a while. Yeah, and they yeah. figure out that it's been sabotaged. Yes. They just don't know exactly what's happened. Yep. They just know that it's been sabotaged. And and while it's not running silent, they're kind of found by a, a Soviet like a subplane. It's yep. like dropping yeah. dropping torpedoes and stuff on them, and there's there's kind of that cool scene where it's like going through whatever the underground canyon that or whatever. Trench. Yeah. yeah. Thor's kind of like that video game that you played. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. that's basically yeah. what the video game was, to be honest <laughs> with you. Yeah. Nice. And so another part of the story that we get is the Russian ambassador is meeting with some politician in the U.S. And oh, that's the uh, um, the um, defense secretary. Yeah, secretary who it was. Yeah. Okay, so you know they're both. The ambassador doesn't want to say too much or is at least saying that he doesn't know enough about what's going on. Um, and so it's kind of like an awkward conversation the first time. And then the second time the ambassador shows up, he's like, yeah, we kind of have this sub that's gone rogue. We're trying to catch him, but we need your guys' help. You right? know who the ambassador is, right? Uh-huh. He's Hans from... I was going to say he's Hans, right? Yeah, yeah. Mighty Ducks. Mighty Ducks. Yeah, Mighty Ducks. Well, he, and he, the second time, he straight up tells the Americans, he's like, oh, yeah, they're planning on launching missiles at you guys. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think they want to... They, they just want to destroy destroy it. Destroy it. They yeah. want the yeah. U.S. to be responsible for destroying it so they can blame it on the U.S. Yeah. Well, and they also don't want the U.S. to have that technology or to, right. to confiscate the Red October. And so, so that's when the like literally Jack Ryan is trying to convince the captain of the USS Dallas, Scott like, Glenn. Yeah, Scott Glenn. Like, like we need to get into contact with the Red October, and then Scott Glenn gets the orders. Like, nope. Like, if we see it, we're blowing it up. Right. So you know, there's a lot of you know suspense, thrills going on, and it's like you know you got two minutes to to share the story. And so Ryan is trying to go over everything he knows about uh, Ramius. And it's it's like a fun scene where he's like, you know, if it's half past the hour, he's going to turn starboard or something like, you know, starboard or something like that. And sure enough, that is what he does. But then we find out later that, you know, like he just took a guess, 50-50 guess to make sure that was right. And so the captain, you know, Scott Glenn is going to give Ryan a chance. And so they're using... Um, Morse code through the periscopes to communicate to one another. Mm-hmm. Right. And like pings and stuff like that. Yeah. Like they're yep. sending out a ping or whatever. Yeah. It so is, if so. he understands the message, he's supposed to send out a ping that, you know, it's confirmed. So a single ping. A single <laughs> ping. Yeah. Um, so something at this point again like happens to the reactor, or at least we're, we're led to believe that something mm-hmm. happens to the reactor. Um, that it's a, uh, I think they say that there's a uh, leak in the primary coolant tube and it's calling uh, a radiation uh, leak. So they like go up to the surface to evacuate all the guys off the ship, all the, off the Red October. Because that, that's what the plan was. The plan was Ramius was going to stage a radiation leak that basically would get all of the non-loyal right. Russians off of the, off the Red October. So then, you know, he could... Scuttle the ship yeah, is what it's called. Basically, dive it into a reef so that it can't, so that it sits on the bottom, so that they know where it's at, and the Russians can retrieve it later. Which is what happens because <laughs> all the all the normal crew leave, uh, and they're going to scuttle it. But what happens is they go back underwater, and then uh, Jack Ryan and Scott Glenn, and I think the radar guy, they take mm-hmm. like a submersible yeah. from the Dallas, yeah. and they dock with the Red October, and they get on board. Right. Which that's a it's a cool scene because it's you know we're like an hour and forty minutes in the movie and we finally get to see like this confrontation yeah and so it's it's kind of like all right how is this going to go and there's just all that awkward silence mm-hmm. yep which is cool and then I'm trying to think of who actually starts the conversation I think it's Jack Ryan isn't it no one uh, of them offers get, the other one a cigarette yeah oh the, uh, yeah he takes a cigarette like, yeah. can you because smoke? earlier he says he doesn't yeah. smoke he, says he doesn't smoke and he's like he's turning green yeah I feel like he shouldn't smoke on a submarine well but, it was the nineties. Well, the I mean, 80s could, at that point. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. 84. Um, Which, have you guys ever been on a submarine? No. I've um, been to the uh, Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago. Okay. And they have one that you yeah. can walk through. Yeah, the German U-boat. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did a teaching uh, professional development in San Diego, and there's the Maritime Museum there. It's amazing. It's right in the Bay of San Diego, and they have like eight or nine historic ships that go all the way from the 1700s into the modern day. 
and they have a U.S. sub and a Russian sub there. And like, like I'm six foot three, like I'm a big guy. Those submarines are so so tiny. Mm-hmm. Like it would, like it freaked me out being in there. So they said in the movie, or they said like through my research, that all of the interior interior shots had to be uh, on sound stages. Yeah, because just camera work wise, it's it's absolutely impossible. There's nowhere to, to move. There's nowhere to move. So like in the scene where the you know where the two groups are like confronting each other, mm-hmm. like there's no way that the bridge would be that big. Right. Like it's just it's a really open space in the middle of the sub, and so like they just can't realistically do that. So I just yeah, it's really cool if you've never been on a submarine. Yep. I was kind of asking. Um, a coworker of mine who's in the Navy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and they'd been on the submarines and like, yeah, that's not a realistic shot. Like you yeah. said, you know, it's just, it's way too big. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's cool. So at, at this point, um, well, Sean Connery offers up the Rod October for asylum. Baby. Yeah. He's like, Hey, we're going to turn the ship over to you if you give us asylum. Um, but then uh, Stellan Skarsgård shows up with his Russian sub, <laughs> yep. and they kind of have a sub duel, and it's that cool thing where like the Americans kind of help the Russians pilot the Red October yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and they find out um, that the uh, the cook is the bad guy, right? Like he's the, the cook's one- a saboteur. He must have overheard yep. Connery killing the uh, the officer. Yep. And so, yeah, the cook ends up, he's got a gun, and he, he shoots Dr. Grant, unfortunately. Yeah, Sam Neill gets killed, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, I wish I could see Montana, which is funny, because in Jurassic Park, he's in Montana. But. <laughs> and then, so, like, while they're trying to outduel a stellar <laughs> skateboard, uh, uh, Sean Connery uh, uh, uh. and uh, Alec Baldwin, they go after the cook. That's when Alec Baldwin does the great, the Sean Connery imitation yep. that you did when he tells him that some things don't react some well. Some things don't react well to bullets. Yeah, I had to say, Alec Baldwin does a great Sean Connery. He really he does. does. Um, While he's, like, climbing the catwalk, he's doing the And quotes. that is such a John McTiernan. Yeah. Like, that is ripped right out of Die Hard. Yeah, for sure. So the Dallas ends up interceding and kind of helping the Red October from this other Russian sub. Yeah, because a second doesn't a second torpedo go off? Well, it does, yeah, it fires another yeah, one. Yeah, because no, the first torpedo Connery stops because it, he heads towards the torpedo. So it was before it could get activated. Yeah, yeah which is arm. cool. And yeah. this, the second one, they do some fancy move because it ends up hitting the sub that shot it. They, the two subs come so close together that the sonar can't pick up which one is the target. And yeah, so, so it, it, it reacquires a and, new target. Exactly, and then that's when he says the... <laughs> The fabulous line. <laughs> yeah. so, so it sinks the other sub, and because no one else knew that the other Russian sub was there, everyone thinks it was the Red October that sunk. Right. Yeah. yeah. I just love it. Yeah. You arrogant ass, you killed us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good line. And then, yeah, it's just cool to see the thing blow. Yeah. Right? The guys up top, all the Russian guys are just like, yeah, which is oh, fun too. Cause, scared them out of the water. Yeah, because the Russian guys don't really know what's happening. So they're thinking that it's the U.S. attacking the Red October. And yeah, that's just kind of fun because they have to play it off that way to make sure that you know they can truly get the defection and the sabotaging. Right. So. Right. Uh, and then you know the the Red October sails to Maine. Yeah. And like Jack and uh, Ramius talk a little bit, and I think the last shot of the movie is uh, Jack flying home back mm-hmm. to London. I think is where he was when this started. Yeah, and then we get a final scene with the ambassador. Uh, and that's where he's like, uh, you know, because, you know, the Secretary of Defense is like, you know, yeah, we sunk the Red October. Like, it's it's down in the water. But then the ambassador's like, well, what about we had another Russian sub nearby, the Alpha. They're like, do you know anything that happened with that? And we're like, I don't know. I don't know. You lost another sub. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So I like that. And then there's also a line that Connery says, again, I'm, I'm getting history nerdy here. So they're him and Jack Ryan are talking a little bit, and Connery says a little revolution now and then mm-hmm. is a good is a is a healthy thing, isn't it? Does anyone know who said that? No, I actually have a T-shirt of it because I'm such a history nerd. Is it? Uh, I don't care. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it's Thomas Jefferson. Thank oh. you. Yep. Nope. Still don't care. <laughs> you should rot in hell. <laughs> 
I greatly appreciated it. But then Connery <laughs> also gives a quote and he says it's Columbus. It, it's not. It's not. not. Uh, the writer made it up. Uh-huh. So it's not a true Columbus quote. So I'm like, <laughs> damn it. Like, how is it that you get a great Thomas Jefferson quote and then you just make up a quote right afterwards? Right. Like, come on now. But anyway. Yeah. Movie over. Huh. Hunt for Red October. The Hunt for Red October. The Red October. That's <laughs> <laughs> ah, not making me mess up again. <laughs> oh, man. All right, LPJ, what do you got from some role reversals? I have... There's quite a bit from what I remember, right? Uh, I got a few, yeah. I, I have a few as far as, um, like, Jack Ryan. Cause, all right, well, we'll start with, we'll start with Ramius. It was actually going to be Klaus Maria Brandauer from Never Say Never Again. Hmm. Right? Yeah. But he's something happened, and he had a prior commitment pulled out of the pull out at the last minute. Uh, and then, for some reason, Schwarzenegger was considered. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> that would have. I don't think he'd have fit well. No, in it, the, the movie would have been. Itself. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's true. On. Yeah, he's movie would have been large. totally different. Like, I feel like it would have turned into like a mockery. Yeah, or it just would. Yeah, it just would have turned into some crazy action movie, yeah. like Arnold Schwarzenegger like stabbing people on the submarine or. <laughs> Going predator on us since it's a McTiernan film. Rips his sleeves off and all of a sudden he's hard to get that cook. He just jumps out and like lifts the sub out of the water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I think I get saw that, the that he couldn't do it because he was doing Total Recall, right? If I remember right. Could oh, I don't know. Sense. I just saw that. Could be. They were the same year. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, I been. thought I saw that. Um, so in, in role reversal, I give the name of a uh, an actor who either passed on the role mm-hmm. or who was offered the role or didn't get it for whatever reason. We discussed whether or not they'd been better or worse in that role. Okay. Uh, so this is this being the first Jack Ryan film, everybody was pretty much considered for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So for Jack Ryan, Harrison Ford actually turned it down. Yep. Which is, you know, interesting because he ends up doing the next two Do it, movies. Uh, right. Yep. Uh, Costner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been okay. Yeah. It would have been all right. I mean, Cost- that's 1990 is prime Costner. Prime Costner, yeah. Yep. And then in, um, isn't he the, the handler and channel recruit? He is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gibson, Mel Gibson. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Michael Keaton, so fresh off of Batman. Yeah. Yep. Kurt Russell would have been fine. Yep. Mm-hmm. Bruce Willis. Sure. Mm, I don't like Bruce Willis. Uh, no, maybe not in this particular role. Uh, Stallone. I don't uh, think would no, be very good. I don't like God, that. Stallone against Schwarzenegger <laughs> for the, the hunt for Red October. <laughs> That'd be a hell of a movie right there. Uh, Travolta. No. Oh, gosh. No face off. Val Kilmer. I feel like Travolta could have been Sean Connery. He could have been yeah. the bad guy. Yeah, maybe. Maybe Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, I think, would be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Bill Paxton. Sure. Mm. Yeah. Not Bill Pullman. I know. Uh, <laughs> Swayze, Patrick Swayze. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis, is he in there? Surprisingly, no. But Stephen da- Lang is. Okay. Daniel Day-Lewis would have been okay. Yeah. I yeah, mean, Daniel what was the last of the Mohicans? When was that? Probably right around there. Right? Yeah, yeah. sometime. Yeah, he was around He would have been pretty popular. Yeah. Jeff Bridges, I think, would have been good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, and then Ron Perlman, no. no. <laughs> Richard Gere? I think no, Richard Gere would, I don't like it. Oh, I think Richard Gere could have done okay. Richard Gere would be great. I don't like it. Uh, I don't even know who Michael Norrie is, but he's in the list. Okay. And then Christopher Lambert, <laughs> the Highlander. Wow. I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pass. Well, they, him and Sean Connery were in the Highlander together. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Uh, anyway, it's better than your t-shirt. Nope, my T-shirt's great. I'm gonna. I actually, I wanted. I forgot. I was gonna wear it today. Did, I'm oh. sorry. I didn't hear Nicolas Cage in there. No, <laughs> true. This is too. This is too, too early, early for Nick Cage by a couple of years. <laughs> and, and his sub is way too much of an enclosed space for him to be in. Yeah, that's. True. <laughs> him and Pacino would just destroy the sub. He'd uh-huh. <laughs> sink every time. <laughs> oh shit! All right, are we ready to give this a rating? Do we have uh, any other things the, we want to share? The only other thing I wanted to mention that I thought was interesting, and I saw that they said that like. When this movie was out in theaters, that like they were actually like Navy recruiters who set up like yes, thank you in, for bringing that up in the theaters yeah. because they thought people were going to be so like gung ho about the movie that they were going to sign up for the Navy because we talked about that on the Top Gun episode. We did like, the Top Gun because of that movie like Air Force enrollment skyrocketed and they literally referenced Top Gun. They're like, we're hoping this is going to have the same impact for the Navy that Top Gun yeah. did for the Air Force. Hmm. So. Which I don't know if that actually it happened. <laughs> and the Top Gun research had said that enrollment did spike up. Yeah. It went up like 500% or something crazy. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, like like I talked about earlier about what it's like to be actually in a submarine. It's such a different situation. I could never be in a submarine. It's too enclosed. I would lose my mind. It's too enclosed. You're in the middle of the ocean. Like, there's nowhere to go. Like, when you're on a plane, like, you land and and then you're, you're, you're back to reality. 
like when it comes to that submarine, you know, you're in the water for weeks, months, you know, that's cabin fever right there. Yeah, so. no thanks. For sure. Yep. All right. So let's give this a rating. All right. Uh, Sarah, as our guest, mm-hmm. you kind of get to decide. Do you want to give your rating first or last or in between? It is out of five machine guns. And you can do half machine You can guns. do halves if you want. Um, so it's kind of up to you. And then I'll, you can I'll go middle of the pack. Share anything else you want. I'll, I'll go. Do it. Go. Um, yeah. You know, like I said, I had never seen this movie before. Obviously, I knew about it. Um, I, I enjoyed it. You know, I thought it was good. Maybe not great. Uh, it. I appreciated the kind of cat and mouse, like kind of slow burn to it, but also I kind of maybe wanted a little more to it. I felt like, and we maybe touched on this at the beginning, that it was really kind of that last 20, 25 minutes is really when everything kind of happened. And up to that, it was, I mean, it's not a short movie per se. No. So there's a lot leading up to that. So, uh, I, you know, I, I enjoyed it enough, but I'll, I'll probably give it three machine guns. Okay. I can go next. I really enjoyed it. Um, I didn't, like like I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, like in middle school, I didn't get it. I, I thought it was boring. I didn't love it. Maybe I was in a good state of mind when I watched it. But like I thoroughly enjoyed watching this movie from beginning to end. Like even with the weird acting and dropping of the accents, like I thought everyone did a great job in the movie. Like I loved Connery as like his character is very perplexing, right? Because he, he's... He's kind of villain. He's kind of not like he's he's kind of all over the place. Like he legitimately murders the guy in the beginning of the movie. But then like he's got this soft heart as well. Like we didn't mention throughout the episode that like his wife had passed away and that, you know, like there was a little bit of that as well. And that he just felt like like the Russians maybe didn't treat him the way he wanted to be treated. And that's why he was defecting. He's just a very puzzling and, and you know, there's a lot going on with that character. And I, I also thought like Alec Baldwin did great. This might be my favorite role of Alec Baldwin. Like I can't think of another movie I liked him more in. I find him hilarious in Thirty Rock, but <laughs> um, besides that, I don't know. There's that. But but the thing that does concern me is that we are an action podcast, and and that action is lacking. So as a movie, I really love it, but I'm gonna have to give it. I'll give it three and a half machine guns. So that's how I'm gonna rate it. Yeah, I'm right with you. I got sucked into this movie. Like, I hadn't seen it in a while, and I forgot how good it was. Yeah. Like, everybody is great in it. I really like Scott Glenn in this. I loved Scott Glenn in this. He was a standout for me. I liked him He said that he sailed on, I think it was the USS Houston, like, side by side with the captain. Yeah. And the captain, like, told the crew, like, treat him like an actual officer. And Glenn enjoyed his time so much on the sub that he portrayed his character as that that captain on the, yeah. on the boat in real life. Yeah, so I think all the performances are great. Yeah. Um, you're right as far as the action goes. Not nearly as much action as you know what a normal action movie would have. Yeah. Um, but I think the movie's really, really great, and I'm just going to rate it four machine guns. I almost gave it four, <coughs> but from the action side of it, I, I hunkered it down a little bit. So, yeah. so I'm giving it four. Um, mostly because I think that the way that movie was made at that time, the strategy and just the effort that was put into it um, was something very different. And um, I like it better now, though, I think even more than I did back then. And a lot of it is it was a very dark film. Mm -hmm. So seeing it on TVs now, like you can kind of get the detail a little bit more. um, and, And I really appreciate that. And I think there's not one character that really overtakes one another. Like they all kind of just meld together really well. Yeah. Um, and it's funny to see that cast of people and think of them now and like how if you got all those people together now, it, I mean, I don't even think you could. No. Because um, it's quite an interesting group of people. Well, we thought Tim Curry was dead for right, five right. minutes. <laughs> well, I don't think he could contribute all that much still. But, no. um, <laughs> True. But yeah, no, I just think it's an interesting cast of people. Really, uh, like you said, young Alec Baldwin uh, was really great in this. Yeah, and you're right in that, like, so many of these actors, like, we recognize them from movies of the time period, and they have little roles throughout the movie, and then they serve their purpose, and then they're kind of gone. But it's in a way that it it works really well. Like, it's okay that they serve their part and then left. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I'm thinking, like, Fred Thompson and, and James Earl Jones and a couple of those characters that just... 
They're they're not a huge part of it, but when they're there, like they have that presence and, and they suck you in. That's what's intelligent about this movie is because you do have that um, issue of you can't get everybody in a shot together no. because it's such a small submarine. So you have to find ways to make those um, characters still relevant, but know that they're not going to be in every shot. Yeah, and with it being a Tom Clancy, you know, based on a Tom Clancy movie as well, like McTiernan did his research well. Like they. They did, you know, they they spent countless hours, you know, talking with actual military uh, officials about how this movie needs to be done right, and we saw that again a little bit with Top Gun. That, oh yeah, you know the the you know um, Ridley Scott and all that were, you know, cooperating and and or the military was cooperating with Ridley Scott from the movie, and the same thing happened in my research is that the Navy was, you know, we talked about it how they wanted to get recruiting, but they were fully supportive to make this movie as realistic as it could be and and you definitely get that feeling of it mm-hmm. yep so yeah I, I like that authenticity that happens cool so. awesome yeah all right well sarah yeah. thank you so much yeah, for, for bringing yeah. this movie on it yeah, is thanks. a movie that like i've always wanted to rewatch again and mm-hmm. just never had the time to do it so by forcing it on me <laughs> for the podcast like i really appreciated that like great good. movie yep thanks. good pick thank, yeah thank for you. sure Still surprised you picked it but good pick. <laughs> i know right yeah it's all good so we are the Last Action Podcast, coming to you every Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. We are part of the GameZilla Media Network, uh, which has a list of different shows that you can listen to each and every week. So again, we're on Mondays. On Tuesdays, we've got the the flagship show, the GameZilla Podcast, that streams live on Mixer on Mondays, and you can listen to them on Tuesday. What's on Wednesday, Hovercraft Joe? Uh, well, uh, Wednesday is uh, Noobs and Dragons with you oh. guys. Uh, if you can't get enough uh, Sphinx and LPJ here, you can get them on Noobs and Dragons. Yeah, Craig WK is trying to kill us every single week, so that's. I'm surprised you guys haven't killed each other. Well, that's well, true you haven't listened to all the episodes yet. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thursdays, what do we got, LPJ? Uh, uh, Legend of Retro. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Oh boy! I, I wasn't going to ask him, and I shouldn't have. Yeah, he blanked. He, he really panicked there. I totally blanked. Yeah, you one. did. It's Legend of Retro with uh, you know those other guys. Stop talking. And then on Sunday we have Noiseland Arcade, our Simpsons podcast as well. Right. But we got streamers. I do some music blogs every now and then. There's plenty for you to check out on Games of the Media. Dot com and if you would like to help us out and contribute a little bit throw a couple bucks our way go to patreon.com slash games of the media there's a one dollar a month and a five dollar a month uh tier we would greatly appreciate it you get a lot of extra perks like our post credit scene that we mentioned earlier in the episode mm-hmm. so please check us out um shoot us a message on social media if there's a film you you would really like us to cover and talk about let yep. us know and thank you for for listening to us today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, appreciate it. Yep. And so with that, this last action podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. <laughs>